Hello and welcome to Fed Talks. I'm your host, E.J. Femp. This is a podcast about filmographies, about directors who have massive success early on and are given a series of blank checks to make whatever kind of crazy passion projects they want. Sometimes those checks clear and sometimes they bounce, baby. Uh, that is not actually what this podcast is. That is the intro to blank check. A much better podcast uh, that I thought it would be funny to rattle off. And... Uh, honestly, that's not, not not as impressive as what I'm going to try to do next, where I'm going to try to, off the dome, do Usador's introduction from Hello from the Magic Tavern. All right, let's go. I am Usador, wizard of the twelfth realm of Ephesius, master of light and shadow, manipulator of magical delights, devourer of chaos, champion of the great halls of Tarakas. The elves know me as Fiang Yelik, the dwarves know me as Zodan Hukstanges, and I'm also known in the Northeast as Gasmuinius Maystar. Yeah. I sometimes get the elves and dwarves things mixed up, but I think I nailed it that time. I could go back and check, but I'm not gonna. I'm gonna let this victory ride. I'm a little punchy right now, guys. Uh, uh, so much so, in fact, that I forgot to set up my cool new microphone shield that my friend Becky gave me that I tested and it works very well. Yeah, but it's in another room and I've started recording and the odds of me getting through this once are minimal at best. So let's, I'm going to soldier on. Uh, hopefully I'll have a new microphone next week too and I'll really sound crisp and professional and the only audio issue will be that my voice is bad and I trip over words a lot. Um, I'm sorry this one is late. I recorded over the weekend and without getting into too much specific detail about my life and the life of those around, lives of those around me, life of those around me, I may sound like I only know one person. I don't I know like six. It's so many more than one. But uh, uh, to be honest, without getting into something that's nobody's business, uh, uh, somebody I love was sick and I was very worried. And the whole time I am recording the podcast, I kept trailing off because whatever I was talking about seemed dumb and didn't really matter in that context. <laughs> uh, but they are okay. Things are going to be fine. And like sort of sort of deep down, I, I, I kind of knew it was going to be fine. It just wasn't fine yet. And that, you know, so you, you get nervous. Look, I'm, I'm new to how emotions work. Uh the, the joke was always kind of that I was a robot boy and uh, these last few years have been very confusing for me as I have learned that I do in fact have feelings uh, that can be accessed through means other than the sad parts of Toy Story movies. And it's been a, it's been a real learning curve. But uh, my friend is okay. I can stop worrying. Uh, I recorded a very bad podcast episode that because I was so uh, so distracted. Uh, and that episode will go in the Disney vault. It'll be released in seven years. Or next time they put out Song of the South, which will be never. Um, all that said, like I said, a little punchy. I, I was thinking we'd just do some TV talk again because uh, I've been all... I've. I've had a lot going on that I I I uh 
Maybe I'll talk about later. I made some New Year's resolutions that I think are going to be a positive thing for me, but this week is TV talk. Next week we'll learn things, I guess. I don't know. Look, if you think I have a plan, I, I have no idea what I'm going to see in the next 30 seconds. So this is me pretending what I know what I'm going to do next week is such an obvious sham. Uh, so here's what TV shows have been good lately. Or that are worth talking about, at least. Uh, the the thing I've really been enjoying on HBO Max is Peacemaker, the uh, spinoff from James Gunn's Suicide Squad movie. Uh, and at the time when it came out, I, I enjoyed the Suicide Squad movie quite a bit, despite some misgivings about the, as Tim Gunn would say, the taste level, I think. But uh, then when I talked to my friend Summer about it, you know her, she was delightful. She was on the Star Wars episode. She'll be back soon. I might, I probably won't make her talk about Star Wars for another two hours, but we'll find something to talk about. She's a delight. Um, I don't think I've ever called what uh, any single person more uh, delightful more often than I have her. Um, honestly, that should probably just be her Twitter bio. A delight. Um, she hated Suicide Squad. And when we, we kind of talked about it, she made a lot of good points that uh, even though our experiences were very different and sort of where we're coming at our uh, you know, with me having been a nerd for my entire many decades of life uh, and her not, uh, were, caused me to see some things I can't really unsee that uh, have, have dimmed my opinion of the movie. Uh, that said, it's still better than 90% of the DC movies. And... <laughs> possibly better than all of them except Wonder Woman, the first one. Uh, there's no point in rehashing things I like and don't like, uh, except that's literally what this is about. Look, man, I'm... This is jazz. Uh, but the... And and even even before we talked about sort of the upsetting morality on display... Uh, I was sort of I like John Cena's performance as Peacemaker I think the character is absolutely repellent and by the end of the movie is a straight out villain and I was not interested in seeing him for an entire TV show uh, he's, a, he's a bad man and what they've very smartly done with the TV show is sort of uh, uh humanize him without excusing him uh he's got he's got a little more more depth than he did when he was part of an ensemble cast and then surrounding him with with much less extreme characters you know people who are doing their government jobs rather than a a, a shark man uh i think makes him work a little better and I mean, honestly, in the movie, he talks about how many women and children he's killed in the name of peace. And that does not seem like a fun guy to watch on TV. And on the TV show, he is actually refuses to snipe two small children, even though they are aliens. So, look, it's progress. It's a character I'm more interested in watching. It's, 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 it's funny. It's violent. It's, uh, 
It's really inventive. I think it's it's doing some very fun things. I'm a little like they sort of add in right off the bat. Uh, somebody points out to Peacemaker that he's racist, and uh, they sort of treat it as like another weird detail without really like his response to that is he'll try not to be, and then you. You, you don't super see evidence of racism, which makes the TV show more fun than if he actually was. But it, it's it's a little too uh, a little too tossed off. Like no, that's kind of a big thing to make about that character, and maybe it needs to be addressed. But there's a whole thing with his dad, who's out and out racist and possibly a clan leader. And it seems like they're actually going to deal with that in future episodes. So I'll reserve judgment for now. It just, that left kind of a bad taste in my mouth with, uh, where they add racism to his list of funny quirks. But other than that, really enjoying it. It's a fun show. It's horribly violent. Uh, and you've probably heard about the opening, opening theme, which is just straight up choreographed group dance with everybody taking it very seriously and committing extremely hard. Uh, that's, a, that's a thumbs up from EJ. I can see where it could go wrong, but for now I'm, I'm super on board. Uh, a thing I really like is that Peacemaker uh, Vigilante is also on the show. He's, he was not in the, the movie, uh, but he is a DC character and they have completely... They've changed everything about him except his costume. So, like, Peacemaker and Vigilante look exactly like they do in comics. You know how they always, they turn their costumes into armor, put weird textures on them, or make them really just assaults on the eye, like most of the Justice League looks. But, like, Peacemaker, the guy in arguably the dumbest costume, (laughs) because that helmet looks like a bedpan, no matter how you slice it. Just, they just looked at the image on the page, went, perfect, no notes, and slapped him on screen exactly like that, and that's very fun. Uh, They actually kind of did that with uh, the Spider-Man costume you see at the end of of No Way Home, which is not a spoiler. I'm telling you that Spider-Man is at the end of the new Spider-Man movie. So get off my butt. I don't know who I was arguing with there. Uh, But he's got, like, the very classic... Uh, comic look without, as far as I could tell in the without any alterations from the classic look but the thing is Spider-Man has an amazing costume and Peacemaker's costume is dumb and they committed to it and bless their hearts uh, as I'm talking to you the Yellow Jackets finale aired I saw it last night I think they might post on Hulu a day early because people were talking about it I cannot figure out when Yellow Jackets is on TV and when I can see it Sometimes I go to Hulu and it's sitting there waiting for me and that's when I watch it. Ah, uh, that finale. Oh. Uh, we'll not, I really don't want to get into specifics. I have at least a couple of friends who are interested in watching it and might listen to this. Um, Yellow Jackets might be a full episode down the line somewhere. But the... A couple absolutely wild things happen in the finale that I'm looking forward to talking about. Uh, in the in the past storyline where they're, uh, you know, in high school and trying to survive in the wilderness, like a bad thing happened, but it was a thing they'd been setting up all season. So 
like you could see it coming, but it was still like, oh, that happened now rather than down the line. Uh, the dynamic will be very different now. But in the present day story, there there are two. There's an absolutely wild reveal uh, involving a secret room that made my jaw drop. And then a complete swerve. Uh, some new characters show up very close to the end of the episode. And it's I, I cannot even process what their existence means. Uh, it's amazing. It's very much I, I've, I've talked about it. I can't I can't dig too deep into the lore because I can't at my age uh, get as obsessed as I was with Lost with really Zapprudering everything. And I want to make it a fun TV show that I think about a lot, but not excessively. Uh, but I think it is interesting to, now that the season's done, to compare it to the first season of Lost. Because it just, it's like a, it's a really good case study for how TV is different since 2004. Uh, and, you know, this is a, a prestige cable show. Whereas Lost was on network TV and it was on, on network at a time when network TV was not good. Uh, network TV also currently is not good, but it had a nice stretch in between Lost and Yellow Jackets when you could at least rely on some good comedies and like two good dramas a year. And there's a couple new comedies on NBC that are good. I like American Auto and Grand Crew, but for the most part, network TV could kind of like, other than Bob's Burgers, I wouldn't necessarily miss network TV if you told me I couldn't watch it anymore. Uh, but at the time, you know, it was lost with sort of like this vanguard of a whole new wave. But you can see, like, it's not even a value judgment. Yellow Jackets is so much tighter because it's 10 episodes and there's a there's a blueprint in place. Uh, Lost, there's a lot to debate what they did and didn't have decided. And I think a lot of what the finale was uh, came about as they were making the show as opposed to being a day one thought. But, you know, I think people have now had the lessons, have had Lost to sort of uh, instruct them on the way to do that. But, you know, when Lost came around, the idea that you could decide when your show ended on a network was pretty much unthinkable. And also, there's just the fact you're making 22 episodes a year with a, a huge writer's room. And everybody's got their own deals and not everybody's on the same page as to what things are. Uh, if you watch, it's maybe only season one of Lost. I think he was gone by season two, but... Every episode David Fury writes, has he has these elements he's kind of obsessed with and keeps bringing in. And uh, other than, than Rousseau, who he introduced, but she did become a part of the show. But like these, like the, the cable that's running from the island out into the horizon, like all this stuff that he was he would seed into his episodes and then at the end of season one, he left and started writing for 24 and nobody ever followed up on his stuff because nobody knew what it meant. Uh, you know, that's not a thing that would happen now. 
where it seems like they get everybody on the same page. But also you had 22 episodes to fill, so there was room for weird tangents. You know, a lot of the stuff that I and my fellow my fellow Losties, uh, I was going to say Lostaways, but that's what I called the people who were on the island. Uh, a lot of the stuff that we love most would not have made the cut if it was a 10 or 13 episode season. You know, a lot of it was the stuff that came about from, hey, we have 22 or 18 uh, hours to fill depending on the season and maybe they wouldn't have happened on some of the weird stuff that became important uh, so you know it's different it, you can't really say one is better because they're it's such a different creative and business model now but it's just weird to see two two shows about plane crash people surviving a plane crash with time jumps and see how differently they were handled uh what it means is up to somebody smarter than me i guess but it's just interesting it's interesting to compare tv now to especially network tv of sort of the beginning of tv being good um i don't know one day i keep thinking i'm gonna write a book about tv from like 2002 through 2010 or something because I think there's this real sort of creative renaissance that happens then. And like if you go through even like 2009, 2000 through 2009, it's kind of you get everything from yeah, if you make it 99, you can get the Sopranos in there. The Sopranos and then 2009 gets you through like the first episodes of of Archer and and Justified and Parks and Rec, uh, Louie, which is interesting to talk about, but we don't want to because he's a monster. Uh, boy, I wish somebody who made a bad TV show was a monster instead, just so you could do it. Yeah, obviously, we never need to talk about uh, uh, crashing again. Yeah, that's right. I'm still mad at, at crashing. That That's a show I watched every episode of, and I hated it. And I watched it because I hated it, and it felt good to feel. Like, I'm not a hate-watch guy, but something about that show made me so viscerally angry. And I watched every episode of it rather than just going away like a sane person would. And then, crashing creator slash star slash uh, per what happened in crashing funniest person in the world slash sex machine, uh, Pete Holmes has a show coming to CBS and it's a comedy about bowling and it sounds absolutely awful and I know I'm going to watch every episode of that too because I'm sick I'm I'm curdled inside and I I think I need this uh and I should do a whole episode about look I could actually do a whole episode about crashing but it's loosely based on this dude's life and it's like he's writing fan fiction about himself. Like like everybody he meets tells him what an amazing comedian is, and especially they they always point out you're so naturally funny. Like more, you're funnier now than than the stuff you write, which is why he stopped writing jokes forever and just being himself. Ugh. Uh, the the 
the dramatic arc of the final season is somebody doesn't think he's a good comedian in the premiere, but by the finale, she realizes, no, he's actually an amazing comedian. <laughs> oh my God, it's so bad. Um, right before the pandemic, I... I was I was with a friend in L.A. and we were going to go to the. Uh, and I've talked about this because it was an amazing trip and the we went to the 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 comedy store, which is so cool to be in that sort of iconic location and. You know there were some you know Anthony Jeselnik and Nick Kroll and you know people we'd never heard of who just did a tremendous job. It was this amazing experience, but there's another, a different club that was maybe a couple blocks earlier on our walk. And, you know, we don't know LA geography. There's a, is there's a, a big sign advertising comedians. Uh, have, have we reached the comedy store yet? But I think it was the laugh factory or I don't remember, but they had a big sign uh, proclaiming that Pete Holmes was there. And, you know, cause our tickets, it was just going to be a comedy showcase. It's like, it could be anybody. And, the sign says Pete Holmes. It's like, oh, hell no. This, this guy is not going to ruin our night. But that was a different club, and I didn't have to. This was not intended to be about how much I, pay, I hate Pete Holmes. Uh, and I was going to say he's probably a nice guy. I feel like he probably isn't. He said some real douchey things, uh, uh, including that... Uh, uh, when they improvised on the show, he would he would give Lauren Lapkus some suggestions. It's like, dude, she's one of the best improvisers in the world. She doesn't need your dumb suggestions. Hey, tell her, mention how great I am. How about that? Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Pete. Uh, you're also real crummy to John Glazer on stage, so we're enemies forever. Um, <laughs> speaking of enemies, uh, I was watching a show on Peacock called Wolf Like Me. And it's sort of like a relationship comedy with with uh, sort of dramatic elements. And the thing is, they've been very, uh, like the creator of the show and even Peacock is going, oh, don't find out anything about the show before you watch it. You, we, we want you to be surprised. But between the title and the fact that there is a surprise, you know what the surprise is going to be right away. And what they're doing with it is interesting. Uh, but you know what? Name the show something else if you don't want us to be shocked by your twist. Uh, when you put Wolf in the title, guess what? We're going to figure it out. Uh, but my point my point in bringing it up just now is it stars uh, Isla Fisher, who I think is, uh, is wonderful. Uh, I'm a big fan of her. Uh, and Josh Gad. And guys, I don't like Josh Gad. Uh, maybe it's my aversion to to oh, <laughs> my aversion to chubby bespectacled men because we're like Highlanders and there can be only one. Uh, but he has graded on me for as long as he's been famous. Uh, you know, I know everybody loved Book of Mormon, which I know very little about because, as previously established, I know nothing about musical theater. But every time I see him in something, he's the most irritating aspect of it. And 
like every time there's a early in the pandemic, there'd be these cool things where like casts of beloved shows would get together on Zoom and do like a and they like reminisce or they do a table read of an old script. And those were really cool, except all of them, for some reason, Josh Gad was also there. And it's like, Josh Gad, you weren't unjustified. <laughs> why? Why is this happening? You were not a, a uh, you know. You you had nothing to do with Cheers. Stop lampreying on to beloved TV shows and thinking that somehow transfers to you. Uh, I also did not like when he was uh, campaigning to be the Penguin in the next Batman movie because, for one thing, he would be a terrible Penguin. For another thing, he did it in a way that seemed kind of disparaging of the guy who was currently playing the Penguin on TV. Uh, Robin Lord Taylor, who did the best version of the Penguin anybody will ever see. Uh, side note, I do like Colin Farrell's take on Penguin that we see, at, the, at least in the trailer, where, like, he's real heavily made up to look like the Penguin. <laughs> like, he is, he is bald and fat and somehow short. And I don't know if he's so method that he cut off his legs at the knees to do this movie. But there is no sign of Colin Farrell in there, and I'm very excited about that. I mean, I like Colin Farrell. I think he'll do a good job, but he is, he got penguined real good. And his casting was so funny to me because it seems like the version of the penguin from Gotham would want Colin Farrell to play him in a movie. He'd be like, yes, Colin Farrell captures my essence. And... <laughs> Then Colin Farrell's all uglied up, and I feel like the Gotham version of the Penguin would have to stab somebody over that. Uh, talking about Gotham a lot, uh, it should uh, prior to the the new Batman movie being released, if if they don't delay it again, which the world's on fire, maybe who knows? Uh, I am going to. Uh, past guest Lenny is going to come back for a Gotham episode because we are we were both kind of obsessed with that show and I am looking forward to just talking with pure joy about Gotham which was a crazy crazy show that I think is on Hulu now check it out it might be on something else look I have the Blu-rays <laughs> I am a dork Ah. Uh, Boy, I was going to talk about TV I've been enjoying, and instead I ended up mostly talking about a TV show I hate that ended three years ago, uh, which I guess is the the opposite of a a plug or a or a uh, boy. What recommendation? I couldn't think of the word recommendation, guys. I told you I'm punchy. I didn't sleep for two days, and then last night I only slept a couple hours because I had to get up super early because my car was broken. There's a lot of stuff going on at Fort EJ right now, and none of it's good. Uh, my friend is better. That's really all that matters. But uh, we're just we're just trying to get through the day, man. Um, you know what? We're getting close to time, and I am very tired. Uh, I didn't really get a chance to mention The Righteous Gemstones on HBO Max, which is just a wonderful... Uh, comedy that I will talk about more in the future. Um, maybe next week, maybe next week I'll come up with something to say about that's not about TV. Uh, I don't know. Uh, 
And now before I get into my ad, I would like to note that uh, in the unusable version of this episode I recorded, that's right, this is the good version, uh, I introduced a new character and it kind of didn't go anywhere, but I like the idea. So I'm going to keep at it and I might actually have to write an ad ahead of time uh, because between me trying to make things up and have a conversation with myself as a character... It was it was all over the board, and you deserve better quality than that. I'm not capable of delivering you better quality than that, but uh, at least I've recognized my mistakes. So the, I will just real quick mention our 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 always awesome sponsor, TeasedbySummer.com. Um, T-shirts, mugs. Uh, there's I think you should leave stuff. There's uh there's the the original Spice Girls t-shirt, which I still think is extremely funny. Like, man, that's a joke I wish I'd come up with. And, no, it's better than anything I'm coming up with. Holy smokes. Uh, and the, the APIV t-shirt, the logo for my uh, website that uh, uh, Teased by Summer designed, and I absolutely love... Uh, was that the best part of last year? It was pretty close. It was top five. Um, look, I've gotten better about just starting a sentence with look, uh, but I had to, I snuck one in. Uh, thing, you know, we're, we're looking at another pandemic surge. Uh, democracy is collapsing in slow motion and, We've elected to do nothing about it, even though everybody sees it coming. Uh, things are bad. And a lot of the stuff that I've taken comfort in has not been as enjoyable to me as it as it used to be. Uh, you know, part of it's me getting older. I can't play video games for long stretches because I have things to do. And also, I am old and my hands will hurt when I do that. Uh, I stopped buying Batman comics month to month for the first time since, oh boy, it has been 30 plus years. Uh, you know, stuff that, that I would rely on that would, uh, just, just be a thing to take me away from the dumb world. And a lot of that's been letting me down. But you have no idea how much, and I have I have all the mugs. I have them at my desk at work, and a couple of the mugs I have more than one of, so I can have one at home to use for drinking. But when when work gets overwhelming or aggravating, or I've gotten yelled at for the second time in two days about a mistake a different person made while I was on vacation, uh, when you know those those they're so they're so funny and well designed and they look so good it's just one of those one of those things i look over at those mugs uh you know i see the new car ideas or the that's a chunky which is just a beautiful drawing that i love uh it you know what that's one of the things i can count on that makes me feel better uh i know it's it sounds like I'm overselling it, and sometimes I know sometimes I sound like I'm doing a bit when I'm being sincere, and I am actually being really sincere that like 
you you don't know how much I I enjoy having those those mugs lined up in my field of vision, and uh, that's something I smile about honestly several times a day. Uh, it's just bring some joy into your life. Get a get a nice t-shirt or mug. They're so well designed. It is. Uh, I am old and have bad eyes and. Uh, even with my glasses, if somebody does something weird, like putting putting a uh, black text on a white background, or no, most text is black on a white background, white text on a black background, that can be very hard for me to read. And I have never seen anybody do a better job of of making legible text choices that are still stylish. Uh, look, she's super talented and is a wonderful friend, and. Uh, we're mostly emphasizing the super talented part because this is an ad for t-shirts and mugs at teasbysummer.com, but he's a good person. You know, if you want to make sure your, your, your mug dollars are, are going to, a uh, going to a good person, I assure you that they are. So buy something and tell me about it. You buy something. I want to see a picture of it. Send me a picture of you enjoying a mug or just the mug. If you're shy, Look, just send me something. I'm so lonely. Uh, Teasedbysummer.com, the best. Uh, you know what? That's it. We're going to wrap this up. You can reach me. You can email me at uh, fedtalks at yahoo.com. I actually forgot the address. Uh, I am rarely emailed there. Make a change. The person who doesn't like me stopped emailing me to tell me it was a bad show, so that was nice. Uh, you can rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Only do that if you like it. If you don't, stop listening, I guess. Uh, it, nobody's making you. There's not going to be a test. Uh, Twitter at EJ Fettis, Instagram at EJ underscore Fettis. Uh, you know, let me know what's up. We, we can chill. Uh, I sound so very old. Well, uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with something. I probably won't do a third TV talk in a row, but I make no promises. Uh, that's it. Have a good week. Thanks for putting up with my nonsense, and I will talk to you later. Fed Talks is a Faux Boys production. Wah, 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 wah.